You are now listening to The Bunt, the people's podcast, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. You fat. <laughs> fat. <laughs> fat. P-H-A-T. Pretty hot and tempting. I'm stunned by your fatness. Vans. <laughs> Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. <laughs> And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. I'm D. Jones. I got the ghost with me. Ants one behind the scenes as usual. It's a cool thing. Still. And this week, someone very special to the show wanted a piece of the intro. So, Weck, tell the people what we got popping this week. Babes and bros, get ready for the season finale of the greatest podcast in skateboarding. Featuring none other than the Sultan of Slime, the King of Crust, the New Jersey Devil himself, my man, Freddy fucking G. <laughs> Gang! God damn, thanks for that, Weck. Fred Gall, cannot wait for you people to hear this shit. After that, we're taking y'all straight to the post office. Shit popped off this week. Thank you to the people. And then you know what time it is. The rundown, and we talking running backs. You get me. Yo, you smell that shit? What is that? It smells like smoke, doc. Is that Christian McCaffrey fucking burning up the field? No. <laughs> Studio E might be on fire this week, oh, doc. Oh, shit. <laughs> Y'all know what it is. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live. Like us on Facebook at The Bunt. And get your emails into TheBuntLive <laughs> at gmail.com for season 10's post office. Like we said, the post office popped off this week. There were a couple emails we couldn't add in. One question was too hard to answer. We're still working on it. And a couple were just people asking for potential guests. We usually read them all, but it was too packed this week, man. So we got we to gotta apologize to the people, right? Yeah, maybe we'll try and get some of them for season 10. So now, the moment you've all been waiting for. We haven't done this in a while, but I heard whispers that there's a kook of the week. Oh, shit, man. We going straight into it. Hi, <laughs> right, Dono. It's story time. I haven't told you this, so this is... You're hearing it live I've been with waiting. the people. Just got back from beautiful Montreal. You know how much I love that city. Mm-hmm. Always a tremendous time with the boys. Shout out to Antoine for having me over. Shout out to all the fucking homies. Epic weekend. But there was one kook who distinguished himself from the masses. <laughs> his name is... fuck. I don't know what his fucking real name is. No matter. His trife nickname is Manchild absolutely blowing it all weekend let me take you back to day one qualifiers at the contest i'm in the judging booth and it's one heat before his it's three minute open jam and the man just starts skating around in another in the other people's jam three skaters okay no big deal whatever tim o'connor's like hey man child like it's not your heat you're in the next heat like okay it's fine boom heat ends next heat starts his 
he doesn't skate for the first minute of three minutes just stands there acting too cool and then he starts skating and doing a whole like costin thing like it's all it's all a joke but at that age costin was winning every damn contest so i don't know who you think you are he did like kicking out a nollie back heel on the double like laughing like wow. this pure shit okay still whatever you're too cool for the contest right but then like in three more heats later that day he just starts skating around again like the biggest attention seeker i've ever seen in my life you're one of two pros in the whole contest either being karan gale Woo. you know who was just skating having fun but like actually like skating not yeah. being a kook and not skating in other people's runs uh this is a, a mostly an amp contest where random dudes pay 100 bucks to skate and you got a fucking pro skater barging your heat mm -hmm. like a kook of pain no one wants to see your little gap out wall ride bash <laughs> you know what i'm saying Cook okay. him, doc. so if that wasn't bad enough fast forward to the next day which oh by the way he got last place in the whole contest should. i Rightfully think i gave so. him like three points out of 100 because mm -hmm. uh, he didn't land a damn thing wow so fast forward to the next day he qualified last out of 65 people yeah the next day the finals start or so he skates in a few heats in the qualifiers the final one to yeah. get to the last 10 and then this is where i was already pissed like i was already telling james Craig, from. like i'm like yo this, this is the wackest dude i've ever seen and then the final start where it's the like intense like 10 people left and you get three one minute runs mm -hmm. johnny purcell our boy our little bro yeah. is going his first run guess who drops in in the fucking finals when it's one person skating at a time man child attention seeking man child the kook of pain skating and yo i yelled like no microphone i was like get the fuck off the course <laughs> like obviously no one could hear me because yeah, it's like but you but tried I, I was so pissed and then uh okay johnny's run ends js lapierre our homie bunt alumni next up his finals run but then the french homie sorry i'm forgetting your name right now on the microphone like obviously he loves js too and on the mic he's like man child get the f off the course it's js's run like it was just it, it was, was so ridiculous known. no but it was just like how are, dude if you want to skate go outside there's one of the best fucking diys in the world p45 100 <laughs> feet away but nah you had to skate in front of the crowd because you're an attention seeking kook uh, sorry no one showed up to the lakai demo oh! maybe you're trying to get your glory you know through the contest on oh. some real kook shit but yo i ain't done there yo it gets Come better on. it gets better so he's already like established everyone's like whispers of like yo They're what like, the fuck's wrong with here. this man child kook yeah so then there's like the big free dinner that uh phil grise puts on like the empire, empire owner yeah so there's about 50 people that he has to his restaurant that's his restaurant like just blessing us so hard free drinks and food for everyone and then none other than Manchild just starts cooking it so hard i think he was like spraying shit and just like being so just whack mm -hmm. that i'm not gonna mention who did this but someone who shall remain nameless an ultimate boss just leans back while he's blowing it grabs him from the back of his dusty ass afro pulls his head back until he's looking him in the eyes and says simmer the fuck down <laughs> and let's go of his hair I wish I could say who it was, but if you were there, you know it was a legendary move. That's a boss move. And uh, then his TM fucking took him to the hotel. Like that's he took his shirt off after that, and like just yeah, he got basically kicked out by his own team manager. Good. So uh, that's Kook of the week. Glad to get that off my chest. Fucking right. I think it's a uh, it's a bummer that the one like American pro 
is the one dude blowing it that hard all weekend. Not a good look. Not a good look. Girl, Lakai, handing the keys over. Damn. But on a good note, we should shout out Empire, man. Yeah, massive shout out to Empire. Phil, thank you so much for putting on every year. It's an awesome event, and hopefully you can come next year, Dono. Goddamn wedding season, man. (laughs) Fucking, I love weddings for what they are, but damn, they make you miss some shit, man. (laughs) So coming up next, brought to you by freeskatemag.com. This is the ghost shout out of the week. What's it going to be, baby? You know what? I ain't going free skate mag this week. What? Someone actually DM'd me like some some part that was coming out and he's like, is this next week's shout out? <laughs> nah, I didn't watch that part yet. Shout out of the week this year. This week. I mean this week. Fucking maybe shout out of the week for the whole damn year mm. so far. Gotta give it to Miles Silvis, man. I don't know if you watched this part last night. I didn't. God damn. It was savage. Yeah, Miles Silvis and then Pat Burke as well. Honorable mention because of the email that we're going to read later. And then um, one question I have to you. Sebo Walker dropped a new part. Any thoughts on the new part? Haven't watched it yet. Yeah, I thought this was going to be the part that made the other one okay. Like this was going to be all the good stuff, but it's still a mix of all the other Sebo shit. Oh, shit. But Sebo, man, you're talented, dog. We just need you to uh, take your shit in a new direction, bro. No, he could do. I mean, we don't want to tell him to, what to do, but we just ain't gonna be fans if, not that that matters to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's do, a good point. Do your thing, G. Do your thing. We just we ain't about it, but it is what it is. Uh, I, before we get into it, I just want to give a a heartfelt shout out to my main man Justin David. Earlier in the season, remember I mentioned this has been one of the best summers since I can remember since I was 26, just because of health reasons, but. Justin, been my road dog all summer, tennis, skating, grabbing drinks, coffees, hot chocolates. Mad love, G. Let's keep it going. Shout out Justin David before the Fred Gall interview. So, like we said this week, Fred Gall in the building for the season finale of season nine. We couldn't be happier. Fred Gall, a true gangster, handled this interview like no one else could probably one of the greatest segments of all time on the bunt story time with fred gall (laughs) what more do you need to know anybody who's ever been a fan of skating been a skater you've heard the name you've probably heard some stories and let me tell you everything you heard was fucking true man because freddie ain't scared (laughs) of shit dog shouts to new jersey's finest fred gall hey so hype fred's sober these days killing it thinking maybe he might not want to talk about his old crazy days but he ain't he doesn't give a flying fuck one of the most entertaining dudes we've ever had on the show thank you fred and a big time shout out to karen this couldn't have been possible without you pushing freddie in the right direction yeah she bossed up in rapid fire and made him drop a name i can't wait for y'all to hear that only one thing left to do before we spark it off oh shit it's that time let me go grab two of these motherfucking green cans. Canada's premium pilsner, Steam Whistle, the only buzz. Here we are. We got Fred Gal in the building. My man, what's going on? Chilling, man. Just boiling your ass off in New Jersey, eh? Yeah, it's pretty hot. It's been hot as hell for the past two days. Like 98 degrees or some shit. It's real muggy, too. Yeah, we've been dealing with the same thing up here in Toronto. I think the the whole East Coast is dealing with it this summer. Yeah, for sure. 
we appreciate you sweating your ass off biking around to to do this you're not the most tech savvy guy so we appreciate appreciate you doing this no problem (laughs) so freddie we start every show off the same hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment favorite skate moment um probably i don't know when i got sponsored by uh tracker trucks back when i was like 12 years old (laughs) damn yeah and then favorite sports moment i don't know probably watching like gary carter back in the day at a mets game Mm -hmm. in like the like right right around when they won the series 86 mets for sure how old were you for that probably like eight or nine maybe damn that's sick yeah that's what's up so take us back to the beginning how'd you uh, get into skating and where'd you come up um yeah i, I came up in seawarn new jersey and i had like a, a like a toys r us board when i was like seven or eight and i used to just like go down this hill by my house on it and then i went to to, to my hometown seawarn and my friend dominic had like a, a gns and he was doing ollies and shit and i was blown away i was like holy shit dude I got to get a real board. So then I got I got an Alva board. A Bill Danforth was my first board. And I we just used to skate in the tennis court and try to ollie two by fours all day. <laughs> Classic. So once you got into it, there was no looking back, eh? No, no way. That was it. That's all. I obsessed over it. What was your first big break in the skate industry after tracker trucks? Um, probably in 94, they turned me pro and I went to... Uh, to do the Europe contests and that was in like June and July and Jake Phelps asked me to come to San Francisco in September to do the my Thrasher interview and shit. Crazy. So yeah, that, that was probably my biggest break. Damn, Phelper. RIP. So you've been putting out crazy video parts for over 20 years now. Sub-Zero real life dropped in 94. It's insane. Classic, classic video part. What was filming in that era like for you? It was weird, man. We just, like, Dan Wolf just came to Love Park, and he wanted to film, and then he became our filmer, you know what I mean? And then it was just, like, going out skating. We didn't really, like, plan shit out too much. We would just go skate, and he would have the camera, and we would get whatever. Yeah, it was pretty cool, though. Yeah, that part was an instant classic. Switch flip the set, and then switch front blunt. Probably my favorite clip in there. Yeah, man, I didn't really even, when I was filming all those tricks, I was just like, I didn't know how much of an impact it would have made on skateboarding, you know what I mean? I was just like filming whatever we did. Dude, your kits were legendary back in that day too. The half cabs and the blue jeans almost all the time. Yeah. Yeah, that was my shit. (laughs) So you talked about it a little bit, the SF trip for Thrasher. You and Lenny Kirk both had Switch 5.0s on Hubba Hideout in the same meg. Yours was the cover. His was, it was an ad, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, was actually the same day, too. What the Crazy. Did you guys? Yeah. Did you guys plan that that day? No, no. I was leaving, and he was coming. <laughs> and I remember being like, what's up, Lenny? I mean, I just skated this thing, and we, we had, like, other plans. So mm-hmm. I would have skated it with him. That would have been cool. But, yeah, it was the same day. That's insane, Wait, he man. did it frontside as well? No, he did, he it, did backside. it backside. Oh, okay. I okay. did it frontside. Was it a beef ting? No, not at all. <laughs> we we were just we were stoked. Yeah. What was it like to have a thrasher so so early on in your skate career? Now having been like 
in the game for so long knowing what it means is kind of crazy to look back and be like yeah man i didn't really i had no idea i was gonna get the cover or anything like that it was a it was all a big surprise you know what i mean yeah i was i'm psyched on it i wish i would have I, I could still get one possibly but of course yeah that would that would be kind of hard these days. <laughs> yeah. And repl- but replicating a Thrasher cover on Hubba Hideout is like that's skateboarding, man. Yeah, that shit. That was good times. No doubt. Uh, so let's fast forward a bit. How'd you get in with the Habitat gang? Well, I rode for Alien for a bunch of years, and then sorry, yeah, that's what I meant. Alien Habitat. Well, Alien, yeah, I got on Alien. I was at the Atlanta Finals in like '92, and Rob Deerdick came there and he was like i guess they just started alien and he was like kind of looking for people and i rode for, we both rode for tracker and he was like yo let us send you a box or whatever and i rode for new school at the time and i was just like kind of like uh i don't know but then uh brian ridgeway the team manager of tracker was like yo you should really check out alien and then i talked to chris carter and he sent me a box and then i just did it the rest is history, man. Yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> You're one of the most loyal dudes in the industry. You've been with the Alien Habitat basically for forever now. Was there any companies that tried to hit you up along the way or was it just tunnel vision? I almost quit Alien for real in like, I think it was 96, maybe. Oh, damn. Yeah, because uh, maybe 95 even. But yeah, like that dude, Jeff Clint was the dude over there at the time. And he was like, because I went and stayed with Huff when I did the interview mm-hmm. for like a month and we were we were real tight. And uh, Jeff Clint was like offering me all kinds of crazy money and like a car and all kinds of shit. You know what I mean? And you're like a 16 year old kid. You're going to you're going to you know what I mean? You're going to want more money and shit. <laughs> so I actually I was like, all right, I'll quit. If you f- put my boy Lou, Lou Metal on real too, and you got to fly us both out to SF. And I went as far as I got the plane tickets, and it was the night before I was going to leave. And Deerdick had found out, and he called me, and he's like, What the fuck are you doing, dude? You can't quit and shit. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I know, man, but, <laughs> but the, the, you know, there's money. And, and he's like, Dude, don't go. Don't get on that plane. And I'm like, all right, but I still wasn't sure if I was going to go or not. And then I called Lou. I'm like, yo, we're not going. And he was like, all right, fuck it. And I just never showed up. <laughs> I, like, yeah. never called or never showed up. So them dudes were, like, at the airport waiting and shit. Jesus. So, so that was, like, a pretty fucked up situation. But I ended up getting the money from Alien anyway. So There like, we go. Yeah, I heard they yeah, matched it, the contract. Secure eh? the bag. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Crazy. But looking back, like, real wouldn't have been the worst team to quit for you know yeah they're like still around I, still doing so good today it's just i would have been bummed though man you know yeah, what i mean yeah. it wouldn't have lasted as long as it did for me and i almost quit for uh for vehicle too hmm. robbie ganjemi there was a me and huff were supposed to both be involved with that mm-hmm. and i was like if if huff does it i'll do it and he backed out <laughs> and then i was like fuck that i'm not doing it either <laughs> and then he's just Robbie's, stuck by himself He's still pissed till this day about that. The course of history could have changed yeah, drastically. He's got to understand, though. You got like no, he he understood, but yeah, he was just not happy though. That's wild, man. <laughs> so let's talk about your uh, 
your history with shoe companies, man. You had a pro oh, shoe yeah. for Rex. How'd that yeah, come about? That was like the worst move I ever made in my whole <laughs> career. Seriously. I, I would have been on, I could have probably still been on DC till this day. Because I rode for Drawers at the time, mm-hmm. and DC and Drawers was under the same roof. So I was on like a flow for DC, and they were like, yeah, in six months, you're going to get on or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, But in that period of time, I got a DUI, and I had to pay a bunch of money for a lawyer and shit, so I needed money. And once again, the money, they offered me 5000 a month and the shoe, like Crazy. straight up. And I was like, all right, dude, I'll do that. <laughs> And uh, six months later, out of business, nothing. <laughs> and it took me like years to get another shoe sponsor. Oh. After that. What was oh. the? Did you ever get the shoe though? Did the, the shoe came out? Yeah, I got it, but I never got a dime for it. And I have oh, like they God. they sold a bunch without paying me, and like I got totally fucked on that deal. Fuck Damn. The hell. That fucking sucks, yeah. man. But I have a pair at my house. Of the OG Rex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my boy like found them online somewhere, and he ordered them, and like gave them to me. Damn, you got to send us a photo of those. Yeah, I will when I get home. It's, they're, they're shitty, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they're real shitty looking. That's like, I don't even know what, I, what the fuck I was thinking. So stupid. Yeah. So after that, iPath held you down for years. How'd you first yeah. get hooked up with them, and what was it like riding for them through the ups and downs? Well, I mean, Matt Field, I should have been on iPath from the beginning, but I didn't want to do it for some reason. That was your shit, and man. Matt, you suit that real good. Yeah, and Matt Field always had my back. And then once I was like, yo, what's up? He was like, yeah, dude, you're on. Like, And then like a month later, he's like, yeah, we want to give you a shoe and shit. Sick. And then, and then once my shoe came out, he got fired from there. And, like, the company totally changed. Timberland bought it and shit, and it was, like, everybody was getting kicked off or quitting. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, fuck, dude, I'm not going to quit. Like, I got a shoe coming out. Like, fuck it. I'm just going to stick it out. And then uh, Dave Smith got hired as team manager, and we just, we got to travel the world for, like, 10 years. It was awesome. That's what's up, man. Power move. And my my shoe did all right, but I never got, like what i was told i was getting and all that shit you know what i mean Mm -hmm. there was some big numbers thrown out there (laughs) but never seen that for fuck's sakes yeah it's shitting on you b but uh that's sick you at least got to travel the world and i'm sure you made some decent money over the years yeah what happened at the end there because ipath's not around now right Mm -hmm. well okay so timberland sold it to some like some surfers from like southern california i don't know and they just like they started cutting people's pay and like kicking people off and i still had a shoe so i got i stuck it out for a while and then i eventually got that call too and i was like fuck dude this sucks and uh yeah and then they just went under eventually I think they did. I don't know if they're still online or anything. I don't know if you guys checked. No, but no clue, man. Haven't yeah, seen haven't. a pair of iPads in a long time. Yeah, I haven't heard. I of know they either. were like sponsoring like, like weird other shit than skateboarding for a minute. Yeah, they're why. Seemed like <laughs> <laughs> seemed like it was a, a fun ride though in the early two thousands. Yeah, it was good while it lasted. That's dope. So you seem to have mastered skating while you're fucked up. What are some of the gnarliest tricks you've landed when you were far from sober? I mean, shit. My whole fucking video parts, I was always on something pretty much. 
but I don't know. I've I've gotten a trick before that I that I was really fucked up on acid, and I did it at night. And I went back in the daytime to try to film it, and I couldn't even come close. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was the wall ride at the China Banks over the long bench. Holy shit, that's so nice. Yeah, I did that shit at night in, like, 96. I guess Julian might have done it before me. I don't know, but it was never documented or nothing. Like, mm-hmm. And I went back the next day straight, and I tried for a long time, and I couldn't even come close, dude. <laughs> wow that's insane those things are no joke man i've been there i kept falling behind the bench and shit somebody did the big bench switch too yeah holy crap i think eli well that's that's no joke yeah so i heard in an interview when you were talking about your first trip to cali that the cali weed hit you harder than the east coast stuff and experiencing Dude. the thc pills what was it like oh yeah bombing those hills fucking- on the first trip to cali Uh, I was psyched, dude. You know what I mean? It was like, I was, I got off the plane and was like, the first day was with Sean Young and like all these fucking legendary dudes. And they just took me on like up to Fort Miley and we bombed all the way back down like nonstop. It was fucking awesome. Did you get served your first time going to San Francisco? Yeah, I got served for sure. My back is still fucked up to this day from a slam. Dude, I, I bombed this gnarly ass hill that was like, there was no stop signs it just went back up so you could go as fast as you want you know and i pushed Mm. a bunch of times and it looked like white lines painted at the bottom but it was speed bumps oh and i hit that shit going mock and i got pitched dude and fucking i think i bounced off my back on like the third speed bump and i fucking my back was been fucked since jesus christ yeah. Have you ever gotten a clip that like you didn't even remember? Like I feel like Dustin Dolan has said he's done that where like he got a clip like blackout and then it's like, "Oh shit, wake up the next day with a clip that you don't even remember." <laughs> I am sure it's definitely happened, you know. <laughs> I can't remember now, but <laughs> yeah, I've gotten clips fairly faded though. Yeah, I definitely that's definitely had to happen. <laughs> that's a nice surprise. Just wake up yeah. feeling like shit, like, "Oh, here's this banger you got last night." <laughs> Yeah. So we recently had Danny Renaud on the show, teammate of yours. You uh, have referred to him as your little brother. Can you give us a Danny story we probably haven't heard? Um. All right. Let's see. In Barcelona. Oh, classic. <laughs> Always back. So to he Barcelona. got kicked out of the house before we even, we even, I even showed up on the plane. You know, they had like a habitat house. Mm-hmm. So he was staying at this dude Akchov's house, and. It's actually was a whorehouse. Like, the dude's mom was a madam, and there was rules, like, you had to be out of there by 11, and you couldn't come back till 4 a.m. And I ended up staying there. 11 p.m., So you couldn't sleep there. You basically had to come home at, like, 4.30 and go to sleep. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) so he's staying there. I ended up staying there later in the trip because I got us all kicked out of the whole apartment. So, yeah, and he's, like, blacked out, drunk, and... He's he like cut his hand. He's like bleeding all over everything, and he comes to the habitat house and he's barefoot. <laughs> and there's like probably eight people's boards there, and like everybody leaves because they're just over being around him because he's like belligerent and shit. So he focuses everybody's boards barefooted, <laughs> and then just fucking there was like blood all over the house too. Like it was fucked up. <laughs> fucking gnarly but yeah man. he's doing good now though we talked to him a couple yeah. weeks ago he's yeah he's doing he's really good it. 
pet raccoon, man. I know. That's amazing. He's got a pig, too. <laughs> Yo, tell us a little bit more about the whorehouse, man. Wasn't there a, a story about you waking up too late or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I would, like, go home early and try to catch a nap because <laughs> you'd be beat from, like, skating all day and being on your feet in Barcelona. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, and the room I was in, I they were probably fucking on my bed because there's a garbage can there'd be a garbage can with condoms every day and we'd be like so f- fucking grossed out but we had nowhere else to go and like i had to pay for a bunch of people to stay at a hostel because i got everybody kicked out so like people were just in the streets and shit wow. but um i slept too late one night and i woke up to some i'm, I'm like what the fuck and it's this bitch getting fucked and like I was like, oh, shit, I got to go. You know what I mean? That's like my alarm clock. <laughs> so I just I just dipped out. Holy and the, the mom, like, would be right at the door on a, on a stool, like, charging. You know what I mean? She mm-hmm. was straight up the madam. It was crazy. But what, they were just down for you to stay there? I don't get it. Like, are you paid we, to like, stay there? Somebody paid. Like, it was me, Josh Dowd, Newport, and Danny. And, like, this dude, Akchoff, skated. He was Moroccan. He was, like a gnarly local like you know there's a lot of moroccans there but he was actually like a local so yeah we got hooked up and i guess dowd paid for it so and he didn't care you know what i mean you could stay in the horror room (laughs) (laughs) did you partake in any uh sexual activities while you were there for a few weeks no not not at that house no way (laughs) they were they they were like gnarly man I respect man. Keeping it in your pants in the horrors. It's one of our favorite times of the episode. We get to deliver a CHPO brand box to a very special bunt listener. And being the season finale, and we couldn't choose one. I think we chose two winners, didn't we? Man, it's episode 12. It's box season. Fuck yeah, we chose two winners. Number one, two-time reigning defending champion, Leo Ranks, hit us with that absolute fire once again. And then Kyle Sadowski hit us with a CHPO ad. We will never forget. (laughs) These ads are too long to play in the middle of the Fred Gall interview. We don't want to keep y'all waiting, so we're going to play them at the end of the rundown if y'all want to take a listen. CHPO brand, doing it for the people, supplying people with diamonds on their wrists and hater blockers over their eyes. CHPObrand.com. Go get yourself a pair. So one of your main partners in crimes over the years was Brian Wenning. Do you have a Brian Wenning story for the people? <laughs> yeah. Let's see. We were in Colombia, and, uh, you know, we were on a fucking major bender. <laughs> and uh, this dude, like, he really bummed out our host, Hector, because he rented us an apartment and shit. And, like, this dude, I don't know, man. He shit, and he put it in the refrigerator. Oh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> What? He shit in, in a bowl, like a fucking, <laughs> like a, you know, whatever, a soup bowl. Oh. And like, 
we were just all laughing about it, but no one would touch it to move it. <laughs> and uh, and our dude Hector, who rented us the apartment, was so fucking pissed. He he, had, he ended up throwing it out, but that's the first one that pops into my head. Holy shit! You must have been dying laughing, man. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty pretty crazy. That's a savage move right there, man. <laughs> why why did he do that? Why wasn't he getting down with Hector? I don't, he wasn't trying to piss him off. He just he thought that was like. Hilarious. The thing he should do. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think gets someone to do that, man? Um, I don't know. I think he's just trying to do the most fucked up thing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's pretty close to it. <laughs> Sounds like a Gary Rogers move to me. Yeah, man. We had another story about someone shitting in the sink. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that's gnarly. So, yo, for this section... We're going to call it story time with Freddie. We've heard a bunch of insane stories about you, and uh, we just want a bit more information. You down? Sure. Calling Tony Hawk to get Jaws into Canada. Uh, so we were on a Canadian iPath trip in, like, a fucking Winnebago, you know what I mean? Like a fucking camper or whatever. And I was obviously hammered as shit. <laughs> and, <laughs> ja- and Jaws was like... They denied him at the border because he was supposed to fly in. Hmm. And um, I was like, yo, let's call Tony Hawk (laughs) and see if he could fucking pull some strings or whatever. (laughs) It was basically a prank phone call, but it was a good, funny subject. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what did Tony say when you got a hold of him? He was like, what do you want me to do, dude? Like, I don't understand. I'm I'm like, come on, Hawkman, pull some... Pull some strings and shit. And I just kept fucking with him. <laughs> That's legend. Saving people from a fire in Cambodia. Yeah, we were just uh, chilling at our hotel room in Cambodia. And you could see that, like, down... There was a fire, like, a couple blocks away, like, super gnarly. So I'm like, let's go check it out or whatever. So we skate over to it. And it's, like, a monk monastery on fire. And, uh... There's, like, people trapped on the second floor, and nobody was doing shit. Everybody's just standing there watching, you know what I mean? Like, no fire no fire department or nothing. So I, I was, like, I don't know. I, I went onto the next building that they were doing construction on, and there was, like, a balcony, and they had bamboo for, uh, for scaffolding out there. <laughs> So I made like a ladder kind of from balcony to balcony. <laughs> I just like put them and like crawled up it and got on, uh, got on there and I started sending dudes down the fucking the ghetto ladder and shit. Holy shit. And uh, yeah, it was fucking wild. I kicked this door open and like this dude was just in there praying like ready to burn. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, yo, my. get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> What? I was saying, I was saying, like all women and children, like, <laughs> but, but there's no women or children at a, at, at a fucking. That's insane. At man. that place, you're a legit <laughs> hero, dog. <laughs> See, I was trying to do the right thing. He was the fire I was department. Just, I was. Oh, I went. I, I was fucking hammered. Also, you know. <laughs> I imagine a man tries to get out, and he's like, "No, <laughs> women and children first. <laughs> no, I was like just saying that shit. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was chaos, man. It was fucking. Dude, that's <laughs> so legendary. I think Tim O'Connor like kind of told us a bit about that. Yeah. But to hear it from your mouth, 
That's wow. insane. You're two blocks away. You see a fire, and that's and you end up being the goddamn <laughs> firefighter, man. Yeah. No fear, dog. <laughs> Women and children. <laughs> yeah, dude. I had like a bucket on my head, like, cause shit was falling. It was like gnarly fire. Oh, so you put a bucket on for a helmet? Yeah, I just found. I just picked it up. <laughs> oh my! But what, what did the other dudes that you? Who were you with? Like skaters? I was with Dave Smith. I think Andrew Patillo. They were just like what? The? And then Dave, like <laughs> Dave, ended up up there. Sick. And I'm like, how the fuck did you get up here? He's like, I took the stairs. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It was the, the fire department was there by then, so they probably like. Oh. It, it was just it was weird man it was crazy that's insane wow, man. man enough respect that's hero tank. insane shit man <laughs> this one's gnarly 50 50 the love gap to rail on crack <laughs> uh yeah it's the first time i've ever smoked crack and it happened to be the night before that and i stayed up all night and then at like 11 o'clock i was getting antsy you know what i mean i was like fuck it i'm gonna go down the love and I ended up doing that just... I've been wanting to do it for a long time. I don't know if this shit helps me. It definitely got me psyched to jump on it, I guess. <laughs> but I ended up doing it, yeah. That's true. Wow. That's, that's a <clears throat> Not going to recommend that to any of our listeners, but... No. You got it done, man. <laughs> Legendary hammer. Pulled an, all, an all-nighter, man. Isn't it crazy looking back? They're like your wheel is like on top of the rail yeah yeah i mean i just i did one before that and i just came off early into the bank mm -hmm. and then I, the next one i was like all right i just got to stand on it and i went for it and like my wheel didn't lock into like halfway down or something <laughs> it's kind of crazy what did you do the rest of that day i think i just went home and smoked some weed and went to sleep <laughs> that's insane uh, i hope you retired the crack after that yeah i didn't I didn't do any more that day. <laughs> Wedding. He said you smoked a blunt with a transvestite hooker. Um, probably. I don't I don't remember that one, but I'm trying to think of what country that would have been. I don't I don't know, man. Maybe he did and maybe he thought I was with him, but <laughs> I don't recall that one. No worries. <laughs> well, we touched on this one a bit earlier, but Getting kicked off Habitat and let back on basically on the same trip during that crazy Barcelona trip. Well, yeah, dude. I was supposed to get kicked off. They kicked Danny off. Mm -hmm. And they were like, yeah, dude, you're pretty much done. And I'm like, well, yo, I'll just, I'll stop drinking, man. I'll, I'll go to rehab. I was like, whatever it takes, you know what I mean? Like, And he's like, all right, if you stop drinking, you'll be all right. And then I stopped drinking and I filmed the rest of the video part. And I didn't drink for, like, three months or something like that. And then once they, like, were cool with it, I just went back to doing what I was doing. <laughs> just smooth it over for a little bit and then... Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I was, I was like, fuck, dude. I can't get kicked mm -hmm. off. What was that like seeing Danny get kicked off, though? Knowing that he was just, like, kind of young and That's what, fucking up. Like, Yeah, I was like, damn, that dude fucking... He, like, ruined his shit yeah. already, you know what I mean? And I was like... No, I can't be me. No way. Dude, I, I feel like from all the stories we've heard and all the people that have been there, you, Wedding, and Danny were always, like, towing the line of, like, your careers on the line. Like, you're fucking up so bad, but then you, like, 
pull it back together and then you're fucking up yeah dude i've had a lot of i mean i used to just smash like every hotel room i stayed in and, and like it got to the point where they were like they were not having that shit no more that barcelona was the last one ever mm-hmm. like that was like that was like the the icing on the cake and that was the most expensive one ever too it was like twelve thousand dollars or something yeah didn't they make you guys pay for that too like taking money off your hell checks? yeah dude I had, like, my check docked for, like, months after that. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't you have to ask them to, like, spread it out over a couple checks because... Yeah, yeah. I was like, dude, you got to take, like, half, man, so I could live at least, you know? (laughs) And that poor old lady, And they were cool with it. What was behind your guys, like, rage? I don't get it. Like, why were you smashing all these... I don't know, man. Like, Wenning just started it (laughs) at the apartment, He and I had a cast on... So I was like smashing all the dishes with my cast and then one thing led to another and next thing you know like all the furniture was broken like everything was fucked and the, and like so then I came to my senses and I was like holy shit dude we got to like get rid of this shit <laughs> so I fucking so I started like bringing it all out to the alley like and like somebody seen us and they thought we were robbing the place so they called the owner and then she showed up and just started crying. Oh, and my. She was, and she's like, Policia, you know, like, I don't, and so we just had to grab what we could and get the fuck well, out. What did you tell her? I heard it in, in an interview. I was like, we got robbed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh, man. We got robbed. I don't know. That's all that I could come up with. That's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like what like for for a second she kind of like wanted to believe that but then she just snapped right back she into her craziness the booze like, on all you fools man <laughs> yeah for sure all right what's the craziest situation a pba card has ever gotten you out of and for the people who don't know can you tell them what a pba card is a pba card is like it's a card you get from if you're if you have a family member who's a cop or something. It's basically a get a, get out of jail free card. And it actually exists. And, uh, it's a real thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a real thing. I I don't have one right now because I don't really know any cops anymore. But I used to always have them. And like, wait, there's it's a physical card. It's like if you know a cop or if your family member's a cop, they give you a card and they sign their name on it and their phone number. And if you get in trouble, it's like before, if they ask you for your ID and registration, if you get pulled over, you you give them the PBA card with it and you say, I have a PBA card if this helps. And usually they'll say, oh, okay. And they'll go back to their car and they call the cop and ask him if, if, like, if you're legit and the mm-hmm. cop will vouch for you. And then they just come back and you go on your way. Wow. But I definitely got out of a couple trespassing tickets and the DUI was like the gnarliest one. I had drugs on me and everything. I would have been fucked. But yeah, I was with uh, Kenny Reed and we were in the town next to mine called Carteret and I just like was drunk as fuck and I made like a, a sketchy turn with a cop right there and I got pulled over and like they all thought I was done. I'm like, no, I got this, dude. I got it. <laughs> And I and I they never seen that shit either, and they're like, "Oh, what the fuck did you just give him, man?" Yeah. I was like, "The PBA, man." Wow. Karen, do you have a PBA card? Yes. You do? Let me see it. I'll show you one. Okay. She's no got one. Way. Yeah. From who? Mike J. Uh, 
No, some guy at the hotel gave it to me. Oh, shit. <laughs> I have a gold one with my name engraved my, from Jimmy. My boy's dad used to be the captain in Newark, and he mm-hmm. gave me, like, a gold badge one, and that's, like, the fucking gnarliest one you could get. Wow. What the hell? But, yeah, here it oh, is. Oh, that was last year. Oh, yeah, this is from 2018. Oh, my gold one is oh. can, you, can you see it? Yeah. Wow. And then the back just is, like, the signature or whatever. That's crazy. Dude, that's insane. <laughs> Yeah. Well, is that just like a New York thing, or like a, it's, a Jersey it's thing? It's Jersey and New York. I don't know what other states do it, but Jersey and New York definitely. That's so wild, man. That makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> so you bust out the card, hand it to the cop, and he comes back and he just lets you guys go on your way. Yeah. Or they'll take if they're dicks, they'll take the card. That's what they're supposed to do. So like one time use. Yeah, but like sometimes they'll just give it back and just be like cool about it. But if you like really have like some fucked up shit, they're taking it for sure. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know what the extent of it is. You know what I mean? Like how much you could get away with. But I've had ones that were outdated, like one from 2016, and they were like they didn't they didn't honor it. They were like, no, this is no good. But I got out of a. Uh, I hopped a train one time in New York. That was like his, and there was an undercover there, and I busted it out, and he just let me go. Sick. But what did you do recently? Because if 2016 was outdated, you did something in the last couple of years. I don't remember exactly what it was for. I think it was just for like a, a driving violation or something. Okay. Keeping your your fucking hands clean, eh? Yeah, trying. <laughs> Lou Metal breaking his foot on your face. Okay, that's a good one. <laughs> so uh, we were in, I think, Kentucky. And I was all psyched because Kentucky whiskey and shit, you know what I mean? And uh, Lou was just, he was sleeping on the floor of the hotel. We went out to the bar and got wasted. And Lou was, like, kind of into, like, backyard wrestling for some reason. Like, he was, like, doing it and shit. So I came in and I I elbow dropped him in his sleep. <laughs> And and his first reaction was just kick me in the face as hard as he could. And he ended up breaking his foot. But we fought after he kicked me. And he, like, had the fucking telephone cord wrapped around my neck, choking oh. me. And, and Danny Renaud was all young. He's like, you're going to kill him. <laughs> and, uh, and then fucking whatever, we stopped. And then he had to, he had to like, leave the trip because he broke his foot. Damn on my face and my face was fucked up for like the next week like swollen as shit and like definitely elephant manned out hey man i'd say i feel bad for your face but you started it by drop kicking or drop elbowing a sleeping man (laughs) yeah that was pretty stupid and lou's like big as hell too like he could definitely he's kicked my ass multiple times over the years it is officially september the seasons are changing and our kits are changing too and who better than brixton to update your wardrobe with something done proper if there's one piece of clothing i need done proper that's my flannel and that's why the fall collection from brixton banged us over the head with the bowery flannel catch me and d jones in the streets looking fly as hell you know what time it is it's brixton time baby I haven't taken my Bowery flannel off since I got it. I'm sleeping in it just like you were sleeping in your elastic band pants last season. 
If you want a flannel worthy of sleeping in it, get yours now at Brixton.com. The Bowery Flannel. You get me. Uh, before I ask this one, I just want to say that Eric Rualdi, man, he was fucking clean as hell. I'd never heard of him until I started like doing some research for this interview, but that guy was so dope, eh? Yeah, he was the man, dude. Eric was the shit. Um, can you tell us the story about the time you almost got stabbed with Eric? Yeah, actually, skating across the street from Love, just like on the corner of like 16th and JFK, I guess it was. And then we were skating this rail where you go over the rail. It's like six stairs and it's a kink, so you go sideways, just over a rail or whatever. And uh, mm-hmm. some like hoods were talking shit at the light, like yelling shit, and Eric gave him the finger. And uh, they stopped the car, and I was the the one at the top of the stairs still. And like, there was like two dudes. They were like, they were like, they had a knife and shit. And I was like, fuck. If I run the other way, they could get me in the alley. Or if I run through them, so I threw my board down, ollie the stairs, and like, did that shit where you lean forward on your front leg and like ballerina kind of like almost almost eat shit, but you pull it. Uh-huh. And the dude dove and stabbed at me as I was doing that. So I almost, like, fell, but I made it, and then we just fucking ran into the subway and shit. But the dude definitely stabbed at me, like, Jesus. dove. And we, we were, like, I remember being scared the whole night. Like, he's like, dude, they're gone. I'm like, no, they're fucking around and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, dude. Did you go to love the next day, or was you stay away yeah, for a bit? Yeah, yeah, no. Nah, they were just, like... North Philly was the route, and that's where they were going for sure. Mm. Like, yeah. Getting gnarly, bro. Partying for two or three days straight with Wenning and his dad, and then you guys got locked out, and you had to, like, pull some crazy-ass maneuvering, and you almost broke your back. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> it, that was so fucking gnarly. You know, we, we fucking got locked out, and there's a window, but there was a roof, and... uh I got up on the back porch railing and it was like kind of a long like you had to you had to jump and land with one leg but there was ice on the roof like a thin sheet of ice. <laughs> oh my god. And I went to do it and I didn't I just went for it and I fucking whipped out and fell like 5 feet into the pit of the basement like the downstairs that go down oh. onto my onto my back and my neck like I almost I could have broke my neck if I like if I flipped a little more, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, and I don't know how I was okay. I mean, I was bruised up for sure, but for the most part, it, I got out pretty good. <laughs> yeah, Wenning, yeah, Wenning said anyone else would have been, like, paralyzed or something. Like, Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah, it was pretty gnarly. You had party powers going. Your body was all loose. <laughs> yeah, you just, like... One time I fell down some stairs backwards, too. Like... Actually, there was these stairs in my house and my mom was like, I was wasted and I walked to the top and she like pushed me, but I was so wasted. I just fucking fell backwards down like a whole flight and I cartwheeled down and then I hit the bottom and I fell into this shelf and then the shelf fell on me. And that's what hurt me me was the shelf. Like the, I was just like, but I remember tumbling, you know what I mean? Like head over heels style, dude. It was fucking gnarly. Wow. Jesus. What'd your mom say? She just like 
she just didn't even check to see if I was all right. She was just, <laughs> she she just, was just knew like, or what? what? I don't know. She didn't care, I guess. Because oh. <laughs> I was being an asshole. Man. Right. Yeah, I guess. Um, can you give us a, a Matt Reason story? Well, we seen some dude. We seen a, a truck get stuck up together at 7-Eleven one time in West Philly. Just uh, we lived in the hood in West Philly off Spruce and like, I think it was 59th Street. And it was like, like if I would go to the train, I would like watch my back hard. You know what I mean? If I was alone and shit, it was like sketchy as fuck. Back in the day too when like, so we would go to the 7-Eleven and I remember rolling up and me and Matt were just skating and he's like, yo, look. And there's a dude with a gun like getting the dude out of the truck and shit. <laughs> and he and he looked over at us and we just like turned around and skated off. Jesus, yeah. damn. I used to live with that dude too. He did some weird shit, man. He used to he used to have dreadlocks, and he'd have a tray with weed on it, and there'd always be like one dread in with his weed. <laughs> so so we we used to be like, yeah, that dude smokes his dreads and shit. <laughs> but I don't know I don't know why he did that. It was weird. You ever hit any spliffs with them? They taste kind of funky. Nah. <laughs> um, so you taught our buddy Bobby DeKaiser the. Uh, classic game heads up have you ever got fucked up playing that where you whip the shit in the air and then it's like a trust your homies game what is it uh, a long time ago we had bobby de kaiser on the show and we asked yeah. him for a fred golf story and he told us that one time you guys were at a campfire and you decided to play a game called heads up and you whip a beer bottle in the air and you just <laughs> don't know where it's going to land. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, that's pretty fucking... I I don't know. I've never... That's not like a real game. I think I just made it up. <laughs> I think so too, yeah. Because oh, I... <laughs> it's not like so... It's not something we would play all the time. <laughs> right. Thank you're, God. You're just scaring the youth, eh? <laughs> I guess. It's gold. So that's a lot of stories, man. Story time with Freddie, one of our favorite segments ever. <laughs> There's a lot of stories out there about you. Do you have a story that maybe people have never heard before? Something that you'd like to tell? Off the top of my head, well, there's a story getting arrested in Indianapolis. That sucked. <laughs> um, let's see. I was in Indianapolis on a skate trip right before Mosaic was coming out. And uh, obviously drunk. And me and Danny Renaud were fucking around. And I, I was, like, fucking around at the hotel lobby, like... And I don't know what happened, but they they were like, yo, go to your room or you're going to jail and shit. And I'm like, fuck you guys, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then, so I go to my room and I get my video camera. And I'm like, somehow end up in the kitchen of the hotel. And I'm like filming all these people. And then the security guard sees me. And like, you see the camera run and then like, you hear a scuffle and shit. And it's all on video. And uh, I got arrested. I went to jail and... That sucked. They put me in the general population, and it was like a bunch of bunk beds. And they were like, yeah, you got to figure it, find a bed. So I found a top bunk with no mattress. So I was on like a metal frame just trying to sleep. Holy and uh, this dude, I wake up to a dude standing on top of my bed above me with a broomstick. Oh. I'm like, what? So I'm like, what? I'm like, yo, what the fuck? He's like, be quiet, man. And he starts <laughs> hitting, the, hitting the ceiling panel. And he pops this metal panel off and pulls out wires. 
sparks him together and lights up a cigarette and he's like yo i got fire nigga <laughs> and, all the, and, and and all these dudes run over to light their spliffs and cigarettes and fucking and then like i guess the guards came so he like jumped off and like left the panel off of the, the ceiling in front of, of above my bed so i'm like what the fuck dude i'm gonna get blamed for this shit now so like when they left i, I got up i got up and i fixed it and then they that kind of put me down with them a little bit. So I was all right. <laughs> Holy fuck. Wow. Dude, that's got to be the most terrifying thing. Not knowing what he's doing and waking up and he has a broom. Yeah, I was Jeez, like, this guy's going to fuck me up. It was right around the time when that dude got like broomstick up the ass yeah. too or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's insane. Yo, crafty man, yo. Uh, how long were you in there for? Just for like overnight. I mean, I got out in the morning, but... I remember I got out with no phone, no money, nothing, and no way for them to find me. You know what I mean? So I went to a payphone because Alien used to have an 800 number. <laughs> so I called them and I'm like, yo, you guys got to call Tony and tell him I'm at the McDonald's on whatever street in downtown Indianapolis. And then they went and picked me up and we went straight to a demo. <laughs> <laughs> Holy oh, fuck. shit. Dude, that's insane, man. Did you get a nice uh, Switch 5.0 to tail slide or something in the demo? I think I, I like, redeemed myself because I skated the demo real good. And I was like, you know, because they were kind of pissed at me. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Well, what better way to wrap up story time with Freddie? That was epic. And uh, I think we both uh, would love to have you back on the show at some point because I feel like you got stories for days. But uh, Yeah, for sure. Let's keep it moving. Looking back, is there anything you would do differently in your career? I would have definitely stayed on DC for sure. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I'll wait to eat. It's all Sorry. good. <laughs> <laughs> you hear me chewing and shit. <laughs> so you would have stayed on DC. The move to Rex was the one. that's kind of yeah. That, that that fucked that like fucked my career up a little bit because it put me. You know, I couldn't go back to DC after that and be mm-hmm. like, "Yo, could you put me on?" Because they were. I already had my chance. Right. Like, look at Kalis. He's he's still on now. You know what I mean? He's got, like, another shoe or some shit. Mm-hmm. And yeah. them dudes got paid good off that shit. Oh, yeah. So what are you up to these days, man? Um, I work full-time, pretty much. I work for a, a shop called Time and Space. It's like, I'm the head painter, pretty much. Um, we just do a lot of set jobs and, like... Just random shit. It's always different. It's like it's like a fabrication company. Sick. So, but yeah, I like what I'm doing. I'm pretty stoked. You still skating and shit too? Yeah, I just built a ramp actually. Nice. Where at? In my yard. Gangsta. Hell yeah. A fucking like a five foot mini ramp with a seven foot extension. So it's pretty sick. sick. Yeah. So I skate that when after work or whatever, and then I just skate on the weekends. Mm-hmm. It's actually too hot to skate this weekend though. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking dumb hard here. Hey, man, that's dope. Fucking painting and shredding, man. That's what's up. Yeah. So what's next for Fred Go? I don't know, man. I'm just going to try to keep... I've been sober for like five months now, too. So that's like what I'm focusing on, trying to buy a vehicle and get my life together. You know what I mean? Well, man, congratulations. Love to hear it, man. Thanks, man. You definitely had a, a wild ride, and thanks for sharing some of it with us, man. (laughs) <laughs> I did it for so long, you know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. I don't need to do it no more, really. Sounds like you're in a good place. Keep it going. 
Y'all know what time it is. It's Rapid Fire with the Ghost. And this week, we brought to you once again by Locale Trading. Pyramid Country's fall delivery is en route to stores right now. And you know who I was with all weekend? Jack Olson. Straight boss, Nolly shove crooking in his runs at the Empire Open. But more importantly, it's time to go get your very own Pyramid Country. Head over to Cowtown, Blacklist, FA Skates, Pharmacy Board Shop, Select, and other skate shops in the U.S. and Canada. You know what time it is. It's Pyramid Country time. Tell them the ghost sent you. All right, Fred. Rapid fire time, B. Favorite skater? Uh, Sean Sheffy. Favorite video? Shackle me not. Favorite video part? Sean Sheffy's soldier story. Favorite style? Matt Hensley. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Hensley. Favorite trick? Uh, Frontside slash grind. Hardest trick for you? Hard flip. Most <laughs> illegal trick? Uh, I'm not really a fan of the laser flip. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? <laughs> Probably switch flip back tail at love. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? Bill Weiss, naked 540. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one trick that got away? This lip slide in Newark that I was trying for like a couple years. It was like a hip to handrail. And like I had it. I did it without filming one night. And then I went back and like the rail kept breaking. So I would break the rail. They would fix it. And I would go back, and it was like a long gap to lip slide, so I would land hard on the rail, and it would come loose every time. Oh, and uh, I, I went to do it, and it was just, the whole spot was just gone. No. So, yeah, so I was like, fuck. That sucks, man. What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? Probably that that kid that tried to ollie that ridiculous double set and just lands on oh. the stairs. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm talking about? That schlogger? You know what I'm talking, that yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> He gets served too real Why did he bad. Why do you do that? I don't know. I think it was like raining too. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's the best answer. What's the last new trick you learned? Oh, uh, I did a no comply to tail to kickflip the other day. Sick. I've been, uh, Learning tricks. How old are you? 41? 40. Wow. Damn. That's what's up, Gangsta. man. Inspiration. What's your dream job after skating? I don't know. I, I kind of want to become a fisherman in a way. Sick. Love it. Be out on a boat all the time. That'd be nice. Favorite local brand? Domestics. Favorite local skater? Richie Blackshaw. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? Rex. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite teammate ever? Danny Renaud. Worst teammate ever? Steve Barra. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Worst company? Um... Heroin skateboards oh. is in the name. <laughs> Worst trend. Goofy boy. What's that? You know, back in the, when we used to wear the pants that cover the shoes that are so fucking big. Oh. Back in pre pressure flips. Yeah. <laughs> Worst style. I don't know, man. I like everybody's style. Don't be a pussy pick. I can't oh. pick one. What'd you say? Don't be a pick pussy one. pick one. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's that guy? Dan Pugu. No. <laughs> I don't want to call him out, but I didn't really like like his style too much. Holy shit. <laughs> Thank you, Karen. Yeah. Um yeah. last person you want on the sesh. Greg Myers. Oh, oh damn. <laughs> you have some sessions with him, huh? Yeah, yeah. He was just a little kid then though. Yeah. I don't know why. I I'm just like randomly picking shit. <laughs> Love it.
All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up our interview with the legend, Fred Gall. Man, we can't thank you enough, dog. Awesome, man. Thank you, guys. One yeah. for the ages, man. Appreciate you taking the time. Fucking so hyped to meet you. Cool, man. Yeah, let's keep in touch, man. We're going to try and do a trip down to New York, so maybe we can work something out, meet in the middle or something, and skate. Yeah, yeah. I live like 20 minutes out of the city, so. Yeah, we're, we're going to try and do that, man. Let's link up, right. Freddy. Sounds good, guys. All right, man. We'll chat soon. All right. Enjoy that All food, right, take man. Care. Peace, brother. Welcome back to the post office, brought to you by our good friends over at Time Bomb Trading. And this week, it's all about Quentin Tarantino's collabs with none other than Stance Socks. We're talking socks from three all-time great movies, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and Kill Bill. You gotta like at least one of the three. Head down to your local skate shop and get yours before it's too late. Ants, cue the music. It's time to get into some of these emails, man. You've got mail. All right, first up, we got an email from Alan Cox. What's up, boys? Thanks for giving a great alternative to King Biscuit's Flower Hour, a.k.a. the Nine Club. I started skating at 27 and got pretty severely roasted for starting so late. I skate four to five times a week and have for the last six years and have some minor tricks in my bag, but it's a real short list. I'm 33 now, and every time I show up to the spot, people still ask me if I just started skating or if I'm skating switch. I've heard a few emails on here from dudes that have already given up or called themselves washed out by my age. I have ollies, shoves, board slides, 50-50s, slappies, manuals, and some bowl carving, but that's it. Maybe a really rare frontside nose slide if I'm lucky. Am I totally fucking kooking it or not? And if not, what do y'all think would be three tricks that should be absolutely in my bag? Much love from Texas. Alan, our boy, you came to the right place. Looking at your bag, I'd say you definitely got to add the kickflip. You're doing some bowl carving, so maybe throw in a rock fakie and a tail stall. And then the ghost favorite, a half cap board, man. Those would be some nice additions to your bag. And fuck no, you ain't kooking it, man. You're at the park. You're doing your thing. That's all that matters. Straight up. Yeah, get your 180s for sure. Frontside, backside, half cab, frontside, half cab. But yo, keep grinding, G. Never let anyone make you feel like a kook for shredding at an older age, man. All right, next up, we got an email from Nick Peckinpow. What up? Two questions for y'all. Am I the only person who's sick of seeing roll-on grinds and tail slides? Only acceptable one I've seen was Malto's front crook in the Nike video. Also, as a Blazers fan, let me just ask, how dope is Dame Dalla? I think he might be part of a dying breed of players who take pride in where they play and are in it to win it for their city and not just themselves. Last thing, shout out to Mike Greeny and Skate Locos. Skate for Locos should be available soon. All right, first up for the roll-on grinds. I mean, I kind of feel you, but there are definitely some exceptions, some sick ones. Didn't Bobby do roll-on back or front 50 back three out in bars? Yeah. That spot always looks cool. Chuck did the roll-on 50 nollie heel on that as well, the up ledge. Yeah, that was a... (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Chuck. (laughs) But, uh, oh, the UK homie uh, fucking Charlie Monroe did the switchback nose grind on the thing that Malto front crooked, which is insane. Mm-hmm. And Casper Brooker did 5-0 kickflip on that one. The homie in your back room staying with you right now. 
Karan Gale did the Switch 50 fakey flip. I don't know about that one. Oh. So there are exceptions, man. And even just basic roll-on 50s, if you're doing one like Dane Barker and risking your goddamn life, it's absolutely acceptable. Oh, was that the cons? Yeah. Yo, that was fucked. And as for Dame Dollar, he is an exception, man. He is a dying breed. We love Dame Dollar over here at The Bunt. We talk about Portland all the time. Dropped probably the greatest athlete rap album of all time. Dame Dollar, one of a kind. Real shit. All right, next up, we got an email from Tyler Harris. Yo, Bunt Boys, I didn't mean to put y'all in a box in my last email regarding creative skaters, but thanks for setting that straight. I'm not sure if you've gotten this question before, but what is your guys' top five Canadian skate videos of all time? We'll try and rifle these off quick off top, but you can never leave off North 1 and North 2. Mm-hmm. Modern Love, absolutely got to be on there. Definitely. All the five foot twelves, but specifically frame of mind and push record. Yeah, true. Legends. True, true. There are some T dot videos that definitely got to be on there. Environment, Orient, done by our homies, legendary. And of course, the dime videos. All of them. My favorite one might be the second one though. Mm-hmm. And I'd also like to throw out the underworld video. Absolute banger. Wait, which one? The one with Chad and shit, or yeah. the the one with Grant before that and Lapchuk? The one that had their gangster intros. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which one was that? Classic Canadian thing. Yeah, Yesterday's Future. Oh, that's the one. All right, next up, we got an email from Christopher Contreras. Yo, Safe and Donovan, I wrote in before talking smack about your boy, Scott Kane. I want to take this time to formally retract what I said and put some respect on this dude's name. Scott's episode was incredible and inspiring. I remember writing in a while back about an experience I had where the man himself shunned me when I found when, when I fanned out as a kid watching him and Darrell kill this rail in Echo Park. Looking back, I was being a kook and didn't realize they were just trying to get their sesh on. Again, I had the privilege to firsthand witness Scott Kane throw down some steezy rail tricks, never missing one attempt, all while skating with a lit sig in his mouth like a boss. That episode made my old ass feel proud to be a skate rat. Love the podcast, fellas. Chris. And that right there is why we do this, motherfucker. Christopher, we're happy we made you turn the corner on Scott Kane because he is the actual goat of this skate shit, man. Yeah, I feel like I remember that. It was like a year or two ago, and we definitely called your ass out at the time thinking you might get us to back you on bashing Scott Kane, but that ain't going to happen. But, uh... Put a smile on our face to to hear that email because uh, you put in some respect on a true skate boss. All right, next up, we got an email from the good homie Nick Eeks. Big Tings. Well, it wouldn't be a season finale without an email from Big Dick Nick, would it? Gotta say, first and foremost, thanks for putting respect on the birds in your fantasy rankings. Secondly, watch your backs in the listener league. Looking at you, louse. Anyway, anyway, to my question, with what's looking to be a barn burner year, who y'all got as a sleeper from each conference, AFC and NFC? I'm going with the Bills as a potential wild card, and I think Bruce Arians can get the Bucks back on track as long as Jameis' dusty ass can get his shit together. They might make a wild card with Cam having that sprained foot to start the season. Look forward to the group chat while you guys are off the air for a bit. Let's get this shit popping, B. Banger season. Looking forward to the next one. 
Nick, we knew a football question was coming when we saw your name, and we absolutely love it. The only difficult part is who knows what constitutes a sleeper in another person's mind, but I'm going to have to agree with you with the Buffalo Bills. I think Josh Allen can get it going in the run game, shipping Shady out this weekend, having Devin Singletary in there. They can do big things, but I also want to say the Cleveland Browns in that division too, man. Real shit, real shit. I mean, people saying they're going to the Super Bowl, but we'll see what pops. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Seattle Seahawks. Not the biggest sleeper, but last year they flew under the radar and then got eliminated round one. But I think uh, the offense is going to be a little better this year. I got Tyler Lockett and Chris Carson Ooh. on my team, so you know I got to root for them motherfuckers. You own stocks, eh? You own some yeah. stocks? You got Russell Wilson, so... Yeah, I own a stock too, yeah. shit. When, when we play each other, you're going to be feeding me them points. <laughs> I'm playing a different QB, man. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for the email, Neeks. Can't wait to slap your ass in fantasy. All right, next up, we got an email from Scott Cartniger. What up, Bunters? Last week, I was psyched to hear that there are other no-tick aficionados out there. A lot of the older heads on Long Island, where I grew up, have pretty serious no-tick policies. Legend has it that James Rirez switch flip back tail big spinned the flushing great ledge, but took the filmer's camera and deleted the footy due to a tick offense. Damn, yo. That's a legend. We need that fact checked. Anyway, I need your help deciding JB Gillette's no tick status. In his 401 rookies part, he does a two truck lift, like what you do over a crack without ollieing, but I don't know if it should be ruled as a tick. In his freedom fries part, he does a little turn that I don't think is a tick, but I may be in denial. I'd love to hear a ruling on these parts. Regardless, JB is perfect in my eyes. Shout out to the 2019-2020 Western Conference sleepers, the Sacramento Kings. You got the best pot in the game. Keep up the good work. Yo, I'd love to see the Kings uh, make it that far, but... <laughs> Come on. Sorry, bro. Buddy healed, and De'Aaron Fox ain't there yet. So we just watched both parts. Thank you for making us watch those. Actually, it's yeah, been a actually. while. And the rookies, wow. Man. I haven't seen that in years. So good. Those frontside flips and back 360s cannot be duplicated, man. But unfortunately, we have a ruling. And we found that both of those are technically ticks. And in his part, I think we found one or two other ticks in each part. Yeah, there was multiple in both parts, but it don't matter. He's a straight legendary boss. And you're definitely in denial. And it's mostly because his trucks are so tight. If you watch his parts, you can tell that turning is kind of hard for him because his trucks are so tight. So a little tick sometimes necessary. But watching both those parts, I think we found one of our favorite skate moments. A new favorite skate moment. And his line where he does front nose and then front shove front 50180. He absolutely bodies a homie just skating by. But it ain't a thing for JB, man. Watch the fuck out. All right, next up, we got an email from Michael Mori. What's up, Seifa and Donovan? Just had a few questions about how you prepare for the interviews. It's no secret that you guys do your research by watching all the old video parts before a guest comes on, but I was wondering if you guys make a timeline of events in the skater's career or write down specific questions you have in order as you watch the parts. Also, do you make an effort to watch all the guests' previous video parts in the order that they came out, or do you just go with your favorite part first and work from there? Do you watch the video parts together or on your own time? Maybe no one else cares to know what goes into planning of an episode, but I think it's interesting stuff. 
Keep it up, guys. Look forward to the season finale and the next season. Much love, y'all. Michael Mori. Word, yo. Uh, there's three things we do, and sometimes we do them together. Sometimes we do them separately and then meet up and put all our shit together. But we watch all the video parts in no particular order. It's just a quick YouTube search and rifle through those. We think about what we think is interesting just off our own like fandom like stuff we've always been curious about and then we message their friends sometimes when we have enough time and uh see if we can get any funny stories from the inside thanks for the email g all right next up we got an email from scott varney bun squaw i'm three months into a new gig and struggling to keep up a healthy pod intake this morning, I was looking at my meetings and scheduling for the day and saw a nice chunk of time open between 2 and 3.30. Going forward, I have blocked an hour and a half of time every Thursday in my calendar where no one can try and book me into meetings or rope me into working on something. It's my bunt time, baby. Here's the question. With the upcoming bunt video, what kind of musical stylings can we expect to be blessed with? Some ants one? What artists can we expect? safe skating to drizzy <laughs> anyways hope you guys are doing well hope to hear some pat burke on here someday can't believe he didn't get a shout out of the week after his nightmare van part in the bus crew video he's got such a unique switch tray thanks for the pod yo scott miss you g been a while and it's a shame i gotta admit this but i haven't actually watched the bus crew video yet what it's, the fuck? It's been on my list. No, I know, I know. I keep getting reminded. Like, you know sometimes when it just like moves off the Thrasher page or wherever? Yeah. And then you just forget. But trust me, H I made a mental note. Hitting that search bar is a little bit too much yeah. for you? I've made a mental note. Like, someone just reminded me yesterday or two days ago in Montreal to watch it. And I was like, oh, yeah, fuck Pat Burke. Ty Beal, man. One of my new favorite skaters. Yeah, I'm going to get on that. And let me just give him a shout out of the week preemptively because I know I'm going to love it too. As far as music for the video... No clue what it's going to be saying, but Devin's going to be editing the video. So, you know, he he puts together masterpieces and uh, can't wait to see what he's got, got up his sleeve. But I can guarantee you I'm not skating to Drake because both myself and Devin can't stand him and his goddamn music. I mean, if you really love Drake, you might find some in my part if we're lucky. Devin <laughs> usually throws a little splash of him in there from time to time but you can definitely guarantee there's gonna be a little mix-up of an ants beat in there oh hell we yeah. ain't leaving ants one out that's family dog hell yeah and uh hype works keeping you busy and it sounds like you're killing it and even more hype that you got a bunt time chunk in your schedule man that's so g hope to see you soon dog all right next up we got an email from moses untalan Man, we're bad with names. Sorry, dog. Do you think there should be a coach for the skateboard teams in the Olympics, like a Chuck Daly or Mike K for the ball squad? If so, who would it be for the countries Canada, USA, and Brazil? I think I would have Coach Costin for America, Coach Mocknow for Canada, and Coach Burnquist for Brazil. Could you imagine those guys in suits pointing and yelling at the skaters on the course? Well... We just did a quick little brainstorm and we came up with some coaches of our own. For the U.S., I'm going to go with Weck. You know, that's our dog. You heard him earlier. He could definitely coach a team to a gold medal. Perfect manuals for sure. Exactly. For Canada, it's a little bit of an inside joke. Some will get it, some won't, but I'm going to go with the legend, Dan Opek. 
And then for Brazil, I'm going to go with Dwayne Fagundes, man. A name you don't hear too much in skating anymore. Dime shed some light on him. But we need to bring that guy back into the community, man. The real shit. A true talent. I think he's banned from the States, though. So, yeah. so he ain't banned from hard. Canada. But that would be an epic coaching lineup. I'm going to go with Caswell Berry for the States. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully... His dick's all right these days. He'll be sipping some brews on the sidelines, yelling. For Canada, I'm going to go with Moses Akunin. You know what I'm saying? If his boys get a bronze medal, you know, he'll be sure to spray the gold medalist and, sil and silver with mustard and ketchup. You know what I'm saying? Never one to take a loss lightly. And then for Brazil, I'm going to go with my OG favorite skater, Fabrizio Santos. Woo! You know what I'm saying? He'll have them on the one-foot crooked grinds and shit gold medals all day all right next up we got an email from the homie down in san francisco cody resenthal bruvs i like mark sushu as much as the next guy but there's a heavy tick factor in search the horizon cross-continental though the people deserve the truth yeah that's my bad i think uh was it in the post office last week it may have been in the actual oh yeah it was we when were we were talking, talking to chad and yeah, no ticks yeah fucking i i said search the horizon but i meant mark suchu cross continental realized it as i was editing it but i was literally on a bus to montreal and <laughs> couldn't like do anything about it sometimes even the best make mistakes don't be too hard on yourself man that is two uh two glaring errors for us this season though Slipping on Caswell, being on Toy Machine. Yeah. That was a big one. I've heard about that one a lot. Cody <laughs> Brown was not impressed. Yeah. And now this no tick, but hey, man, for 12 episodes, that ain't bad. This one's mellower anyways. <laughs> you know, Suchu's the homie, but I'm just sad for the thousands of children around the world that went to watch Search the Horizon for no ticks and were disappointed. Cross-continental, yo. And last up, we have a voice note. From the homie, KGZ, Karan Gale. This voice note requires no answer from us, but the people need to hear it. And before we move on, we just want to say thank you to everyone for your emails this season. We love y'all. We love hearing from you. Keep doing it, and we'll get to your emails in season 10. Let's take a listen. Yo, what's good still? It's your boy KGZ coming in hot from the motherfucking T-Dot. Oh, maybe I'm gonna spit this whole plot. Right, I just wanna say I've been kicked out of Studio E still because you're doing another football draft for real. That's like six. You need to allow it, blood. You're at the skate park Dumbat cruising up and down just chatting about football, not even trying to bust down. You get me? Whoa, I just seen a black squirrel. Can't even believe it. It's not even real. Nah, joke, joke. Sorry, I'll stop that. <coughs> so, anyway, just been kicked out of Studio E so you can do your um, podcast, which is sick. But um, I just heard Safer on the way out saying, uh, say it, like, dissing my fucking one of my ride-on grinds. So, like, wow. Don't make me say um, man-child on you, blood. <laughs> It'll fuck you up. <laughs> nah, but real talk, I just want to give a couple shout-outs to The Ghost for bumping me up in the skate contest. When I definitely shouldn't have made the cut, but I made the cut and I won a little bit of money. I think I won like $500, which is about, I don't know, 20 pounds or something. So that was nice, nice. Thanks for that. Um, Donnie and the wifey for putting me up in Toronto. Fucking hell. They put me up in the banging spare room with the blow up bed. I'm feeling blessed. So appreciate that. Watching the office and shit is nice. And then um, 
Yeah, shout out Devin, the waviest filmer I've ever known. Jesus, he gets the job done, though. Gets the job done. And um, shout out the infamous Canadian skate midget, Big Mooch. You understand? So, yeah, that's all I got to say, really. But um, safer when I come back in, watch, blood. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. And before we get into football, see if it has some news and notes on basketball he wants to get off his chest. Just a quick thing, quick thing. We've been hearing rumors that KD and Kyrie are pushing the Nets to sign Carmelo Anthony. It hasn't happened yet, but just hoping that by the time we're back on air, Melo is back in the NBA. Absolutely. And moving on, y'all know what time it is. It's running back week at Studio E. So before we get into our top five favorite RBs, a quick little news and notes on the two running backs who are holding out, Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott. Over the weekend, there was some news that Zeke was extremely close to signing a deal. And then the next day, we heard that they're further apart than ever. So Ghost, at what point in the season do you think we'll see Ezekiel Elliott on the field? I literally don't want to lie to the people. I have no fucking clue. I would say he's going to miss some games, and that's all I can guarantee you. So get your Tony Pollard stocks, because he's going to be a very useful running back in the early season. Well, you drafted him in both leagues, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So you're definitely hoping Zeke misses some games. You know why? Because last year I was so cheesed I didn't get James Conner. Yeah, so you're going all up. <laughs> God damn. And as far as Melvin Gordon goes... The Chargers are not talking extension this year. They gave them the right to go looking for a trade partner. But in the end, they got to agree with the Chargers anyways. So the way it looks right now, man, unless Melvin Gordon plays on the deal he has, I don't think he's playing this year. What I saw was they originally offered him $10 million mm -hmm. a year, and he wanted 13 something like that and then now they're saying you either play for the 5.6 or you don't play at all mm -hmm. seems like uh, both sides are souring i'd be happy to see him in the league man and fucking get a trade i know joel scullard's crossing his fingers because he drafted him in like the second round or something massive fuck up on that draft joel good luck might as well pay that last place extra 100 bucks right now i knew that was coming by round five um, <laughs> so moving on to our top five running backs for the 2019 season. You want to do the honors or should I spark it, baby? You always go first, I think. All right, go for it. Let me go first. I'm starting with Alvin Kamara from the New Orleans Saints as the number one running back. That offense is absolutely rolling. Alvin Kamara, potentially the best pass catcher in the league at RB, followed right behind by Christian McCaffrey, also an insane pass catcher. Cam loves to do the check down a little bit more than Drew Brees. So Christian's like 1B to Alvin's 1A. Then I'm going with Saquon, a supreme talent. Most people have him at one. I don't really want to watch the New York Giants at all. And I think the offense will be on the field just a little bit less than the top two I've chosen. At four, I'm going with Nick Chubb. I'm absolutely not worried about Kareem Hunt at all. Chubb's gonna be cooking all year long. And at five, I'm going Lev Bell, man. I love David Johnson, but Lev is the highest fantasy points per game of any player of all time. The Jets, they'll get it going at some point, and having Lev Bell, it's gonna be good for everyone on that squad. And having my man Robbie Anderson's gonna stretch the field so Lev can pop it off. Yeah, Robbie Anderson. Top 10 wide receiver this year. You heard it here first. 
We did the wide receivers. Just, you didn't mention them <laughs> until after your draft. All right. I'm going to remix it. Very slightly similar list. But I'm going number one, Christian McCaffrey, Mr. Consistency. And he doesn't have a Latavius Murray to fucking steal that goal line work. At two, I'm going with Kamara, my dog from last year, your dog this year. Best of luck. I had the second pick in our draft and went with CMC. It was hard to say goodbye to my boy, but at least he's in good hands with Donald. Mm -hmm. At three, I got Saquon, like you were saying. Like, I don't trust that offense. There's going to be less goal line work, but I mean, obviously he can break tackles and get there from like anywhere on the field. But I just think CMC and Kamara are going to have more red zone work. At four, I'm going with Nick Chubb. That offense is going to be fucked. Kareem Hunt. I don't know. I, I feel like if Nick Chubb's on one, <clears throat> they're not going to like nope. disrupt that when week nine or whenever he's back. And then at five, you already know why I'm going to pick this man, but I'm going with the massive bounce back year from my boy Leonard Fournette, oh. the forgotten man's down in Jacksonville. Yo, he's going to prove some people wrong this year, I hope. And uh, that's my top five. I love your top five, man. Leonard Fournette, big question mark, could pay off. Absolutely enormous, though. So you know what we do now. We pick a couple RBs drafted in the third or fourth tier, maybe even fifth, who we think can have absolute breakout seasons. And I know we're going to agree on this one. Chris Carson has the potential to be an absolute stud. Russell Wilson doesn't have the receiving weapons he's used to. Chris Carson, they're going to be playing in the run over and over, and he's going to benefit. So that's a guy who could be your RB1. And my second choice is going to be David Montgomery from the Chicago Bears. Matt Nagy absolutely loves the run. You can tell by last year, they force-fed Jordan Howard's bum ass over <laughs> and over and over again, and he still couldn't do anything with it, and they still kept feeding him. So if David Montgomery has an ounce of talent, he'll be an absolute stud in the Chicago Bears offense that is extremely run-heavy. As you can tell, I picked two teams that are run-heavy to have good RBs. It's a good way to go, man. No, definitely. I love those picks. I'm going to go with the unknown young boss, Josh Jacobs. Not really sure what to expect from that offense, but hopefully with AB there, Tyrell Williams, they can kind of keep the air threat real enough for Josh Jacobs to have some room. And uh, from everything I've read, he was a stud in college mm -hmm. and even played some quarterback back in the day and they might have a couple trick plays where he's throwing the ball yo so uh he's the first running back drafted this yeah, year so yeah. he's got to have some goddamn talent no looking forward to watching him i missed him in our draft hopefully we can get him in the bunt league tonight next up my man devin singletary i drafted him before the LaShawn mccoy news just because he had two old ass running backs ahead of him and they're probably going nowhere fast this year so they might as well see what they've got in their young stud um and with LaShawn gone now and frank gore being 56 years old <laughs> i think second half of the season it could be similar to carry on johnson last year we'll see him take a huge jump in touches and hopefully it pays off for your boy and i can trade him for a nice wide receiver <laughs> you gotta love that fantasy football planning so man is that it nah my boy Philip Lindsay's been shit on by every analyst uh, coming into the year. I think he's gonna fucking pop again. Royce Freeman's a scrub. Why wouldn't Philip Lindsay pop? It's so funny how things happen towards the end of the season and people get better, like Marlon Mack, Carry on Johnson, Philip Lindsay, and then it's just ignored. 
and they go back to the same RBs up top. Like Philip Lindsay was a borderline RB1, and now he's being drafted as an RB3. That's downright disrespectful, man. Straight up. I just, sometimes people just have to listen to analysts so much. Like, who's an analyst compared to us? We're analysts now. You can be your own analyst, man. Straight just up. watch the goddamn games and choose for yourself, yo. Philip Lindsay's a stud. Carry on Johnson is going to be a stud. Marlon Mack losing Andrew Luck. It hurts, but these are running backs who can turn up, man. Don't listen to the fucking NFL network all the time, man. Listen to yourself. <laughs> it's easier to listen to yourself, though, once the season's going and you're actually watching and making your own mind up. But, like, going into the draft, it is kind of tempting to listen to the analysts more. But I ain't believing that the Philip Lindsay hate, man. He's too good. He's too quick. I own a Philip Lindsay stock, and I'm absolutely oh, really? thrilled about it. I'm cheese, man. Russ Milligan basically tried to draft my team from last year. <laughs> He's got Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Philip Lindsay, like my whole core. I forget Damn. who else. There's someone else. And he got Zeke. You got Zeke, too? He got Zeke, oh, yeah, man. Fuck. So, Russ, you got a good team, man. But that's it, man. That's going to wrap up the final rundown of season nine episode 12 it's been a barn burner of a season we ran this shit straight through the summer june july august doing it for the listeners this is our championship season and we couldn't have been more happy to share it with y'all can't wait to slap everyone in the bunt league by the time you hear us back on these airwaves whoo we don't know when it's going to be, but I'm sure football is going to be cooking and heating up and basketball is probably just going to be getting started. Can't wait to talk more sports with y'all in the very near future. Yeah. Thank you to all the listeners out there, all our sponsors. We appreciate y'all. Vans off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. Louis my chest, no this is for fashion. Yo, it's Leo. You know what to do. Yo, Leo, we need another track. I was bumping that shit on the beach in California, making my girlfriend listen to it too, over and over. That shit was fucking gold. We definitely need a new track. That's what we call Leo rank season right now, baby. You heard the intro. A Category 5 hurricane is scheduled to hit Toronto later this afternoon. This unprecedented weather phenomena is believed to be caused by humid summer weather combining with the sub-zero temperatures surrounding the wrist of rapper Leo Ranks, who touched down in the city just moments ago. This message has been initiated by national alert and warning authorities in coordination with emergency...
One thing about me is I earn my respect since way back when before I sample Mitch Barrett. Leo ranks, baby, this live and direct. Fuck a Tom Brady, I'm smoking weed in the sunset. Back unannounced, it's the season of the ships. Ghost got the Henny, yo, pass me the fifth. And long after Kawhi done left the sixth, the bunt's still out here winning championships. As for me, I'll keep winning these contests. You ain't fucking stopping me. Maybe you should just sponsor me. <laughs> I'm charging it, barging it, money, I'm enlarging it. Beat is like a bowl, and I'm fucking carving it. Yeah, we really do this, lacing up the boozeness. CHPO, man, it's a fucking movement. Used to hit the dagger for a Dutch and a Lucy. Link up with dice and hotbox the hoopty. Now I'm on the bunt, gunning for the two-piece. Donald popping bottles, up in fucking Stewie. Bridge full of steamies and a room full of groupies. Frostbite on your wrist. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of frostbite, my dude. My wrist too cold, yeah, you might have to amputate. Nah, no gold, yeah, you're gonna have to amputate my shit too ill. Yeah, you probably gotta vaccinate me, my cheeks fat. That's a AJ Applegate, bring him to the knees. Yeah, you know I had to subjugate my watch game fresh. And you know it always fluctuate, yo. Shout out, Weck, cause I'm always evolving. Around me the world is always revolving Hit the loud chill, all my problems dissolving All the way sauce and I'm dripping like a dolphin Yo, I'm a deck park local, never quiet, I'm vocal Readjust my grip, got the game in a chokehold So don't forget, when I'm a household name It all started on the bunt, so I got my fame First John Basic, I recorded on my phone Shit still slaps, still sitting on my throne I'm in the stupid part two and I bang it till it's DC See your boys next season, make this shit a three-peat ah. The bunt, motherfuckers <laughs> I need you to go get whoever's in charge of the custodial shit around here and come wipe all the blood off the wall. <laughs> Leo Ranks, legend. <clears throat> and now, the CHPO commercial with your host, the Resort Crew. From the beach to the streets, CHPO Sunny's always got my eyes covered. Whether it's crushing Coronas or fucking crushing the streets, they got me looking fresh. You'd be dumb not to cop a pair. This shit is really made for everywhere. Resort out. Oh shit, time to go meet up with the boys to drink. Good thing I have my CHPO watch. Yo boys, what's up? 